Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today, Friday, we're going to take you back to the border. I'm, I'm fascinated by what's going on by the border. Uh, from a law enforcement perspective, we heard from Mark Morgan a couple of weeks ago, and um, you know, uh, the elections have consequences, policy changes have consequences, and we know what the policy changes are because Joe Biden said he was going to do it. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. But what we don't know often, and what the media has done a bad job, particularly on border coverage, is we don't know what's actually happening at the local level, right at the border, uh, right at communities where illegal immigrants first get in. What happens when they're arrested and released? Well, they're dropped off at a gas station or a restaurant. They have no money. Maybe they get a disposable mask that's good for 24 hours. Nowhere to go. They're susceptible to... Uh, uh, crime. They're susceptible to criminal elements taking advantage of them. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to go to a place that you and I probably don't get a chance to go to very often. We're going to go down to Cochise County today, to Arizona, and we're going to talk to Sheriff Mark Daniels. He is a straight-talking sheriff, a man who said that the illegal immigration crisis did well while Donald Trump was president because the wall worked, because the threat of being apprehended and uh, uh, deported reduced people's desire, even if it's a good intention, desire to come to the United States. And uh, then something happened. The month that Joe Biden accepted the nomination and it became obvious that he was the alternative to Donald Trump, that he could win the election. Well, the illegal crossings went up and they went up and they went up all through the fall as Joe Biden took the lead in the race after he won the election. And uh, Sheriff Daniels is going to report to you today. You're going to hear this from him directly. There's been a five-fold increase in illegal immigration since Joe Biden secured the nomination for the Democrat, reversing all of the gains that had happened uh, under Donald Trump. In fact, he said for, uh, you'll hear this and recount this, but I, I, I've talked to him and there was three to 500 crossings uh, a month in his county that his cameras picked up. Uh, during the Trump years, and it went up to 2,500 by December. And there are consequences to that happening. Human trafficking of young girls and women, up. Drug running, up. Um, criminality, up. Families 
dying because they weren't well prepared for the desert. They over overheated or got exposed to the cold. Uh, you'll hear about a tragic number of people who died on their illegal immigration journey because they weren't ready for what they encountered in Arizona or in New Mexico, where the daytime temperatures can be 120, the nighttime temperatures can be freezing. Um, there is real consequences, and I think the real message that you hear from frontline people, they understand Joe Biden has the right to change policy. That's what elections give him. But I think what these frontline people are going to tell you and what you're going to hear from Sheriff Mark Daniels today from Cochise County is that there was no thinking. The instantaneous flip of the switch came with no planning, with no resources, and human lives are at risk. Human uh, tragedies are occurring. Criminality is occurring. Uh, innocent citizens in these border towns are feeling the brunt of it, whether it's filling up their hospitals, not screening for coronavirus in immigrants, um, immigrants being left on the street when they're released with no resources, nothing. And then they're just said, good luck. Welcome to America. Here's a gas station. See you later. I want you to hear what that's like. And so no, no monologue today. I do want to flag one story that my great colleague, Susan Katz-Keating, who we've had on this podcast did, she obtained the FBI files for Nancy Pelosi's father. Just go take a look at that. You'll see what sort of person the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover thought Nancy Pelosi's father was, what the JFK administration, John Kennedy administration, who named him, uh, made him an appointee, was learning from the FBI. These were secret for nearly 60 years. Uh, they were un, uh, just on mass released by the FBI. Go take a look at that story. It's eye-opening. It's a good historical piece. Uh, and it's a reminder that oftentimes we don't find out the truth in America about things until long after it uh, can make a difference. But very important story by my colleague, Susan Keating. Check it out. It's a great exclusive. Now, we're going to go do a quick commercial break. When we come back, Cochise County, Arizona, Sheriff Mike Daniels is coming here. He's going to take you to the front lines. The human consequences of the change in border policy occurring in America from the front lines. You're not going to want to miss this right from the word of a man fighting it, dealing with it, helping uh, people uh, in the midst of what is now he called a burgeoning crisis. We're going to hear from Mark Daniels right after this. But first, a message from our great sponsors and advertisers who make this show, John Salomon Reports and JustTheNews.com possible. Support them, buy their services buy their products. We love them very much. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody on the front line of the immigration and border issues of our day. Uh, it's Sheriff Mark Daniels from Cochise County in Arizona. Sheriff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. And, and um, you are on the front lines of, of uh, really the policy changes that have been taking place. And I want to take people back because you're right on the border. You have all this 
uh, immigration, illegal immigration traffic comes through when there are waves. And then when there's not waves, there's, there's a reprieve. Tell us what the last couple of years, like go back to like maybe 2019, what were you seeing as the dynamic with illegal immigration at that point? Well, John, it's, we, we see the ebb and flow of our Southwest border from the uh, lack of security to the uh, enhanced security. And it starts in Washington, DC. It starts with the president, starts with our congressional people and, and their leadership on what our border looks like down here. And, and though I don't work for Washington, D.C., I don't work for Congress, I work for the people of my county, and that's where my power is derived from. Right. It, it's, upset, it's upsetting to us because in 2019, I've served this border uh, for 37 years. Wow. Uh, now as a sitting sheriff. And so I've seen the ebb and flow, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the ugly again. And uh, one thing sheriffs look at is the public safety aspect, which is community uh, safety, the national security aspect of it, and the humanitarian side of it, uh, which so many people overlook or misconstrue uh, for, a, for, a, for a statement. And in this case, what I'm talking about is those left behind to die in our mountains, in our deserts out here. Right. We had in 2019, we had 281 people die along the southwest border that sheriff's offices and local law enforcement had to go in and conduct a homicide investigation until proved otherwise. Wow. And so that's time intensive. And let me tell you, when you see mothers um, that have left and died in, uh, from exposure or from right. heat or the coldness, and that's, that, that's hard to take, all at the hands of the uh, cartels. Right. The cartels drive these groups. And so uh, in 2019, we had 141 uh, countries breach our, uh, our borders. We had 1,100 gang members from 20 different countries. We had 3,500 kids just in the Yuma sector, which is on the other side of my state, right. where the cartels were using them as pawns to bring adults into our country. And what that means was they, they used the kids, they'd come across, well, they had kids, family unit, and boom, they'd uh, let them in the country. The cartel would bring the kids back and do it again. Wow. 3,500 kids that are now in protective custody thanks to our government resources on that. And then you had 6,100 fraud families. So... Where, where the picture is painted that, yeah, these people are looking for a better way of life, and there is a true picture to that statement, but it's also there's evil built within that. And so I stand against the evil, and in current times, I'm standing against a pandemic, a health pandemic that we're trying to address. And when this order was signed uh, by President Biden, uh, it, it was hasty, and then my opinion on that, it's not politically stated, it's stated by an operational uh, experience that I've seen on this border. So why do we have to make it so hasty? Now what's happening is the local resources will, will be directly impacted, and these people aren't being tested. I mean, they go through a medical screening, but they're not being COVID tested, and they're being released in communities. And I sat through a community meeting last night, and um, that was asked by the leadership, and they said, no, we're not testing them. The only time they get tested is they go into a ICE facility. They get tested, make sure they don't have COVID, but when they're released, maybe – 14 days later, 20 days later, whatever, they're not tested. So, again, this resource, is, uh, this impact uh, is totally directly impacted to the local communities, uh, which have never been contacted, sheriffs, health departments, or border governors, to say, this is what we're going to do, this is our plan. No, now it's a direct, hey, we're uh, hurrying up to figure out what we're going to do again. Wow. So you get no warning, no communication. You don't get any say either, even though it's going to impact your entire county's infrastructure, right? Health, law enforcement, safety, uh, all of that is is impacted, but you never get a say, do you? 
We don't. And that's, you know, and I got to say this, and under the previous administration, we were at the table, uh, local, state, and federal, worked very well. And we do at the law enforcement in our respective counties, we do very well in that aspect. But when you make decisions in Washington, D.C., uh, and, and you don't look at the the ripple effect of that, the local communities, your states, I mean, that's, that, that's a bad decision, and I've uh, hit that. And then you look at this, too, John, is, you know, there's 26 countries that are under a travel ban to come right. to the United States. But then we go, we open up our southwest border. And what I said to DHS leadership the other day is this, that if you want to share a message, we need to share the mission. And I think that's so important as we push forward here that we can give answers. I was in a community meeting last night, like I stated, where there were so many questions without enough answers. And the reason is we're not being communicated to. We're pushing that at the national sheriff level. Our governor's pushing it. Our attorney general's pushing it here in Arizona. And we'll continue doing that until we can find some reasonable balance to what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. That's such a good point. Now, you talked about the last couple of years of the Trump administration. Uh, you saw a pretty substantial drop. You have 83 miles of shared border with Mexico, right? So that's about the size of the county's touch on the border. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, before August of last year, before Joe Biden was officially nominated, what, what was the normal flow of illegal immigrants coming through the county or in your on your border? We'd have between three to 500 uh we would see that's just off uh, our camera system. I have right. a virtual system. Uh, so that's what we would see in August when the election started heating up. It popped up 1,200. Wow. Uh, that's just off our camera system, not the federal system. Right. And in December, we had over 2,500. Holy uh, that's a fivefold increase. Five, oh, it is. And then we had 500 pounds of illicit drugs that were seized. And let me just say, we have a 100% conviction rate at the local level for drug smugglers in our county. So even that's picking back up because what we're doing is we're not sharing a message. And the message that's being that's being portrayed out of Washington by, you know, declaring the southwest border no longer an emergency, which halts all uh, construction down here, right. which halts resources and revenue. And then you um, reverse the MPP, the migrant uh, protocol, all it just makes it really, really tough because now the message is come across our border legally or illegally, and then the consequences are, are minimum, if any. And so it, it, it's tough for us because what happens in, in my border county and the 31 border counties on the southwest border will soon be in your backyard. So I take that very serious. Now that's such a great point. Uh, the, not everybody that comes through illegally and gets released uh, stays in the area where they were arrested. It's, it's just an entry point, and then they, they spread up. Do you attribute the August rise to the fact that Biden had a different vision and by that time it was clear he was the Democratic nominee? Is that really the trigger? I mean, when you interview people, why they came across, the people that you do catch, was there any stated reason why the influx began in August? Well, I I think it goes back to messaging, John, and to the viewers, where uh, it was very clear what President Biden ran on and uh, it's very clear where President Trump stood on. I mean, you got two opposite uh, ideologies that are being played out. And so you bet, you bet. They're testing the waters, they're testing the message, and, and we're at in current times. I call it a slippery slope. I, I think I'm all about looking at better ways to do programs and processes. Right. But when you just cut programs out or you reverse them completely in a hasty fashion, 
it's catch-up time. And we've been down this road in 2019. I could talk about stats all day. Uh, where you see that, hey, there's people looking for a better way of life. Don't ever underestimate the cartels working south of our, our border that are looking for the evil. And remember, they work off dollar bills, yeah. greed, and violence. Yep, that's what it is, greed and violence. So uh, you, you mentioned five, uh, three to 500 before August, it cracks up to 1,200, gets to 2,500 by December. Do you have any preliminary numbers for January yet, the first month of the Biden administration? I, I have not seen that from uh, um, my border sergeant, but what he's telling me, I was in a community meeting last night where a community was standing up in arms against us. They're very upset about that. Right. And my sergeant leaned over to me and said, hey, Sheriff, there's 25 coming toward the town right now based off our camera system. Wow. Uh, just last night. So just last night in the meeting. And this is, we're in one area. I got some uh, media coming out this weekend, and we're going to go to an area where they stop construction. We're getting five or six groups coming across there every day that we're seeing on our cameras. My whole point to this is when you message that, it's like Tom Bonnet, the light's on. And right. Here they come. Um, <laughs> and, and that's, no offense to Motel 6 or Tom yeah, Bonnet, but, but I, I, it, yeah. I say it's, people know. It, it's just, yes, people know, and they're looking for that advocation. I said this last night, and I'll say to, to your listeners, too, is the only ones smiling right now are the cartels. Because yeah. they we turn the light on for them, too. And I'll say this, and this is something I, I think needs to be put out there, talking to my fellow sheriff, talking to, uh, last night in this meeting. For example, and this was said by our, our, our federal leaders last night, is, what will happen is they will release them, they'll, they'll process them, give them their paperwork, they release them, and they take them up in this small community, about three or 4,000, this one community we were talking about last night, and they drop them off at a Texaco station there. Now, they're not giving any vouchers, any oh. money. They can't work in this country. Right. And the, the goal of that is, well, when the bus comes in there, um, if they have a seat, if they can get on the bus for eight, otherwise they're stranded right there with no means. Now tell me, John, that's not humanitarian at worst. Wow. We are setting these people up, and they're going to rely on NGOs, which is non-government organizations, right. your churches, your Salvation Charities, Army, right. your well, charities, to step up and say, hey, we take care of these people. What an impact, especially in rural America where we don't have the, a plethora. we got great people in this country that will do so much in the humanitarian side of it. But what an impact without a plan. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, it's the reverse of what you hear in Washington. You hear, well, this is a humanitarian thing, letting them in, but we're actually setting them up for failure and travesty. Because if if they can't get that charitable help, they're you know they're more vulnerable, right, to being approached by criminals or human traffickers. Are you seeing? Uh, you said you mentioned the five hundred pounds of drug illegal drugs you got. Uh, are you seeing drug trafficking, human trafficking increase as, as, since August? Oh, it's it's like a, just the stats I've given you. Yes, and our cameras just lighten up compared to what it used to be. And this, again, it goes back to what is the message south of our line from those in Washington, D.C.? And I say this too, John. Congress has been divided for a long time. The longer Congress stays divided and they continue to point their little ten fingers at each other, I guarantee you it's never going to be solved on here. We'll mm-hmm. never have a balanced border plan. But, yeah, as long as it's going on, we have a administrative board, one president, Hunter and the other president. And what we have now is we're, we're the byproduct of this madness. We right. truly are. And so, yeah, the drugs are going to be coming. We know it. We see it on our cameras. I mean, September was a prime example. We didn't have drugs for like 24 months coming through our county. And we're the almost 6,300 square miles. This is a huge county out here. <laughs> that is a big and, county. And, 
It truly is. And and now we see in the uptick of drug smoking too. So it, it's not a good thing. It, it, I'll continue to say it. I'll defend it until the day I walk out as being sheriff. And, and the fact that we have to stand up and make sure that we enforce the rule of law and the day we don't, and there's no consequences for it, is the day we're in trouble in this country. Yeah, the uh, I get asked this question because a lot of people. There's a debate in Washington, depending who you talk to. Republicans, Donald Trump says the wall worked. Mark Morgan said the wall worked, and the Democrats say the wall doesn't work. And look, uh, you're on the front lines. Did the wall, did the border wall that President Trump construct help uh, or not help the situation in your county? Oh, it definitely helped. It, it definitely helped. And and I got to give the engineers, uh, Army Corps of Engineer folks, credit our community, and, and not everybody's going to agree on everything. We get that. We're in that kind of society right now where so many more opinions and facts sometimes. But <laughs> it, it has definitely it has definitely worked. Yeah. And the fact that, it, it number one, it expresses a symbol of trespass. Now, there's no fix-all to the border security plan. I'll tell right. you, whether it's resources, uh, technology, funding, barriers. I call it a symbol of trespass. Um, but it does slow them down. And our new fence, which is 31 feet down here, it has been halted because of the uh, executive order. But right. they're already cutting into the fence. They're already coming through it. And that's six by six block full of cement. They cut it and they open it up, come through, shut it back down. So wow. we, we saw them go over it already. But it slows them down and it tells uh, that, hey, this you can't do this. So obviously it does work. I don't think anybody would argue with you that based on the facts and uh, you talked in the best measure of, for me on that is talking to my citizens that live on our border, they'll tell you uh, that fence does work. That's uh, that's what we hear from every law enforcement officer I brought on the show, every one of them. And, and I, you know, you guys are on the front lines. You know better than anyone uh, what works and doesn't work because you, you deal with the consequences when something doesn't work. I want to ask you something that Mark Morgan, the former CPB commissioner and, and the guy who during the two years where you saw the decline was, was running the program for most of it. Right. He said that he foresees an immediate future uh, where if the Biden administration sustains the, the policies it's begun, that localities and states may begin uh, passing their own immigration laws and saying, not on our turf, not on our county, not in our city, not in our state. Do you think there is a movement afoot or there are potential for a movement afoot, like Mark described, where uh, the local state may say, if you're an illegal immigrant and you're caught on our soil, we're going to arrest you and uh, send you across the border because it's illegal locally. Do we get to that level because of the of the dysfunction in Washington? Well, I think I think we're already scratching that surface, and I agree with uh, Mark Morgan, a good friend of mine, in the fact that when programs don't work, now you can sit, you know, 2,500 miles away from where I'm at in Washington D.C. and say this is the best thing we've done. Right. But if you don't see the reality of those decisions, the consequences of those decisions. I think it's a tragedy. In 2015, to give you an example, John, I was approached by my business community saying, Sheriff, we can't hire doctors. We can't hire and attract businesses here. We're having a heck of a time because we're perceived as one of those border communities that's not safe. And we have our challenges, don't get me wrong. So for the last five to six years, we have worked so hard to bring a program, an effective collaborative program, working with state, local, federal, our governor, our community-based, and we've changed that. We're one of the safest counties. So now to go back and start, we had a president that actually supported us. He truly heard us. I was at the White House. I, I talked about what we do down on the border. Uh, I sit on the Homeland Security Advisory Council. Right. I sit as a border sheriff, a national sheriff. Getting that voice to those that are making those decisions is why sheriffs 
my positions there. And these decisions, these hasty decisions that were made hours after taking office as the president without talking to us. And, and let me just go back on a statement I just said. I was part of the Biden transition team on behalf of the National Sheriff Association. So a handful of us sheriffs right. sat down with his team to talk about border issues. And we shared our successes. We shared what's worked, what has not worked. We shared we in current time. We shared about having the importance of having a community voice at every decision. Because every decision made in Washington, D.C., whether it's Congress or the president, has a direct impact, hopefully good for the community. But we don't bring us to the table. And then you don't listen to us. This is why we're having this conversation today. Yeah, that's right. Can, if they don't hear what you're saying and don't implement it, then it's just uh, going through a process and uh, there's no, no no consequence for it. When uh, If you had a chance to talk directly to President Biden today, what would you tell him his policies have done to your county? Well, uh, first thing I'd say to him is, and I brought this up to the leadership there today, is, is why so quickly? Why so quickly? Is why so hasty? I mean, he has, and I respect the right to make those decisions. So as a result of his hasty decisions, uh, not to roll this out with a plan, I mean, it's totally, you look at, first of all, I'd say this, is we're in a health pandemic. Rural communities do not have the resources, and the resources we do are limited. And when you have all hospital beds on, in my county and beyond over last year have been at full capacity, and now you're going back into, hey, we're going to bring more people in without testing them. That right there. And then you ban 26 countries. Help me understand why. Help me understand why we just did this. And then last but not least is, is the resources, public safety aspect of this. Have we thought through this? Because when these folks uh, who are on a slippery slope and the fact that they have no resources to attend to, they have no money, no vouchers, right. uh, nothing, what happens? Are they going to be uh, stealing to eat? I get it. They're hungry. Are they going to be, when the charities don't step up or they're not there, what happens? I guarantee you public safety will be involved. And that's where the slippery slope begins. And it's going to congest our systems, our resources. I just think there could have been a better plan than what's going on. Last night, a sheriff sent me a thing on the Southwest board said, they dropped 20 off at Jack in the Box. Mm. Just dropped them off right in their community at Jack in the Box. Again, no money, nothing. and But they give them a mask. If you see the new highlights today, they gave him a mask. Wow. How long is that mask going to last? Yeah. And it, it just seems so irrational, uh, so non-organized, uh, not collective, not collaborative. It's just a, a point of disaster that um, I just don't see any good coming out of this for anybody involved. That's such a great point. Well, Sheriff, uh, I, we wish you well. I grew up in a family of law enforcement, and I know how important you and your department are to the safety of your county, how revered you are by the citizens of uh, Cochise County. And so we, we wish you luck and good luck there. And we want to get you back on and keep uh, – we don't want to forget about you down there. So uh, we'll try to get you back on the show and get an update in a couple uh, couple of months as things continue to, to play out. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me, and thanks to all your viewers for the support. Well, Take thank care. You. Thank you for all you do. You too. Bye-bye. All right, folks, that wraps up our interview. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. What a what a picture, what a frontline picture we just got from the sheriff. Uh, if you live far from the border, you just got a first 
uh, person tour of what it's really going on on the front lines of our immigration policies. All right, we'll go to that commercial break, come back in a few seconds and wrap things up. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks. We're going to bring you back from the border, back to reality. Here in Just the News, we're heading into a weekend. And I want to thank you all for listening and uh, having to hear from Sheriff Mark Daniels reminded me, my, my family's all law enforcement, my father, my brother. I'm so grateful for their service. I'm so grateful for Sheriff Daniels and his deputies and all those who work on the front lines. It's so important. We get into debates and we yell at each other here in Washington and the decisions are made and consequences are delivered. But we oftentimes don't, and particularly the news media has been bad at this. We don't go to the border to find out what happened. We don't go to find out what's happening with the Uyghurs in China. Uh, these frontline experiences from people who know what's really going on, well, they make a difference. And that's why we have this podcast and why we're so grateful that Sheriff Daniels, who's a pretty busy guy, uh, that he was able to join us today and, and to give us a, a frontline view of the consequences in Cochise County and, quite frankly, all the border counties uh, along the border. The change of guard in Washington, the change of policies, the reversal of immigration policies that Donald Trump had under Joe Biden now being changed. They have consequences, and now you're a little bit more educated, I hope, about what they are, what the frontline people are telling us because they're living it in real time. All right, we're going to do something special this weekend. I know it's Friday, and I normally just wish you a good weekend and go on, but guess what? I'm going to impose a sixth podcast on you this week. Yes, a special Saturday edition. If you do something like that, you got to up your game, right? It's got to be good. Dinesh D'Souza, the great author, the great filmmaker, the great philosopher, he's going to be here for a special Saturday edition. We're going to talk about just how bad cancel culture and censorship is in America and his idea, his prescription to how we fix it. So if you're bored, you're trapped indoors, you got a fire going on, you're cooking on your grill because you bought some of my favorite Kansas City steaks. I love those and you just want to listen to something for a while, why not listen to Dinesh D'Souza? He'll make you laugh. He'll make you think. He'll challenge your presumptions. He'll challenge you to not just talk, but to act, which I think conservatives have a problem with sometimes. They talk a good game, but don't follow up with action. I think he'll, he'll challenge people to act. If you're concerned, stop whining, get to business. I think that's the message that Dinesh D'Souza always has, and I think tomorrow you'll have a fun time. I'm sure we're going to chuckle. We'll have a few laughs. 
I'm also certain we're going to learn something and have something to talk about uh, from his very conservative perspective. But uh, always somebody that brings news and thoughts to the table. So special Saturday edition, one time only this month. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, if you want to go back and download tomorrow's podcast, Dinesh D'Souza will light up the house. We'll have a lot to talk about. So grateful he's taking the time tomorrow to do that. All right, until then, have a blessed night tonight. Stay warm, have a good meal. Be grateful for your loved ones and your friends. Check on them often. And uh, if you need a quick news fix, you know where to go, justthenews.com. We'll be covering the news 24-7. Until tomorrow, a special Saturday edition. Good night, God bless you, and thank you.